right. Audio is recording. Okay. Uh, hello, everybody. Tuning in from Spotify or Apple Music, 3D Audio, and everybody on the videos. Welcome to another episode of Jowska. It's been a while. It's been uh, actually a few weeks, but I didn't really set a specific uh, sort of time schedule to it's this so it's a it's good in that way so no rush I'm also studying I'm also doing a lot of different things uh, yeah but um, enough about that let's begin the show so this is Jowska Jowska is a show covering everything and anything human um, exploring people and personalities from different industries, from different backgrounds, different social dynamics. Uh, yeah, you get the picture. We are just here to talk about anything. Um, Jowska quite literally means a hypothetical conversation that you have in your head and this is a safe space for you to release those thoughts uh, without any judgment, without any backlash. And people in the comments, be nice. But also, if you have any concerns or any questions, I would love to have the sort of um, comment section alive. So please, please, please post your ideas on and what are your opinions, what your opinions are on the things we'll be discussing today. Because we're all human and we make mistakes. And I guess we just got to help each other learn from it. Uh, yeah, so before we begin the show, I think this is the first show where we actually have an official sponsor, two official sponsors actually, and uh, yeah, so one of the first one is how uh, this episode is brought to you by Rolling. So Rolling is a homegrown uh, e-liquid company brought, um, brought to you by uh, a few friends of mine actually. And they were willing to sponsor me for these shows. So I smoke um, e-cigarettes now, or pods as you like to call them, or vapes or whatever it is. And yeah, Rolling provides some really, really great flavors. Uh, my personal favorite is the Mango Jiro. And yeah, you guys should check it out. Um, they're available on Instagram through the handle rolling.eliquid. So check it out, they have mango jiro, black currant, cherry tobacco for those of you who are strong tobacco advocates and um, what was the other one, black currant and yeah, breakfast crunch which is what I'm on right now so yeah, for those tuning in on the video, it is and you can see over there rolling uh, so breakfast crunch, yeah, I don't really like creamy but these guys have really been able to sort of synthesize a great liquid with that really pulls out the flavor and you can get them in two two variations which is uh, the one in low which is at 35 mg's and uh, 50 mg so whatever your preference is they've got you covered uh, yeah they're basically salt based uh, yeah, all details can be found on their page. Anyways, uh, let's get back to the show. So, 
today's show, um, I'm very excited to introduce you guys to a special friend of mine, Faris Zakaria, who, yeah, I've known for quite a number of years now, and he's a great friend of mine since high school, and one of the reasons why I brought Faris, or you, onto this show is because, like, you and me have always had this um, ability to sort of dive deep in certain conversations, especially surrounding society, surrounding the general populace, the general populace in in general. And, yeah, and I really enjoy that about you. Glad so, to be here, bro. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, yeah. Um, other than that, yeah, why don't you just take some time to introduce yourself, man? Yeah, other than what I've been introducing. Hi, <laughs> uh, hey, um, I'm Faris and I've been friends with Nick since school, mm-hmm. since form 4, form 5, yeah. Why don't you tell um, what, what you've been sort of going through as a, from a personal perspective, <coughs> like your life, like uh, what are certain things or your motivations, you know? Give our listeners a bit of a sort of insight onto your life and like what yeah you're paying attention to. Mm, okay, um, I'll start with my background. So um, I live in Rawang. I've uh, grown in uh, I grew up in Rawang, so I have that uh, suburban background. But uh, in Form Four and Form Five, I went to. Uh, to a private school, basically, it uh, yeah. builds a lot uh, of my perspe- perspective because uh, you know a suburban kid, uh, a suburban kid, going into a private school, so it changes me. Yes. In a way, so. Um, KTJ represent. <laughs> KTJ represent. <laughs> so um, my perspective, uh, my motivation comes from. Uh, Basically, both worlds, uh, suburban uh, background and an urban background. Mm. So I think I have, I it's have a lot to see. The streets and also the urban. So I think that's a pretty like it shapes something right about a person. And I think that's something that you and I can both relate to because like we sort of like tasted what it's like to, you know, um, yeah. Not to say be on the streets, but come from a um, a learning background that is um, very governmental based, yeah. and also we come from a place where it's uh, very internationalized. Yes, and I guess yeah, that really broadens certain horizons. Don't you agree? I do agree. Yeah. What would you say? Like um, the little things that I guess we experienced in KDJ that really shaped it. Um. First of all the um, social circles in a government background and in a private school is very different the way they interact the way the information uh, that we receive is very different so in that way I guess um, it really broadens my horizon so Mm. it motivates me to um, to basically um, link up these uh, urban mindsets and the suburban mindset so that basically yeah. we can be one. Yeah, you know? quite literally. And I think like 
I mean, like, obviously the sort of um, the urban or sort of international sort of mindset, like, it's um, sort of, um, how to say, it's, it's, um, it's benefits, yeah, basically it's benefits are very much clear, right, because you're exposed to certain, like, new perspectives, people from different backgrounds coming from different countries, but I think what's... Um, not really talked about is uh, things from the street, you know, things from the urban culture. So, like, I don't know, man. For me personally, man, like, I think me just being able to learn Malay, bro, from, like, a totally different context provides you, like, a certain strength, you know, within the, the urban or governmental sort of side. And I don't know if you agree, but, you know, being able to communicate with the people around you, with the general population that didn't have the luxury to go to, you know, private school and all this kind of stuff. And, yeah, yeah. the fact that you're able to relate to them, I think, like, don't you agree? Like, I, I do agree, yeah. because uh, the dissemination of information uh, throughout the uh, suburban crowd and the international crowd it's very different because yeah. the suburban crowd is exposed to more of a um, national mass-produced media, whereas the international crowd is basically a global citizen, which um, gets information from a lot more sources yeah. than uh, the national mass media. Yeah, what the exactly. national mass media portrays. Because I guess like the important thing is also like that we have to realize even as we're branching into sort of a more international sphere, like, come on lah, we, we can't forget our roots, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you it's know, like, kita dari Malaysia, like, dude, memang tak lupa like, you know, the people that actually shaped us, the society that actually mold us to become the people that we are. Yeah. And I think that, that, like, quite literally, like, you know, brings a whole different element into it and, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people who, I don't know, who don't get the chance to sort of get to that sort of international sphere or interact with the international sphere, kind of look down on themselves and I don't know, I don't think they should. Um, for me, yeah. in my perspective, is um, <coughs> everyone is so confident from uh, the information they get that it creates a divide because the suburban crowd is very um, very confident on the things they get from the media they, they fail mm. to realize the big picture but whereas mm. the urban crowd, the international crowd gets a lot from global news sources, uh, yeah. global media but they tend to lose touch yes. on the Exactly reality of the country. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I guess it's an advantage for me because yeah. feel free to move. Feel free. All right. Okay. I, I think it's an advantage for me because I've been in both worlds, so it shapes my perspective in that way. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that I'm above anyone, but it's just how I am shaped. Mm. Oh yeah, feel free to move the mic to wherever you're comfortable to. Okay. 
You need to bring it a bit closer. Oh yeah, so close it. You can bring it down, you can twist it around. I think I think so. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a bit awkward. Oh yeah. Well, but you can you can hear yeah, me yeah. already. The audio is pretty clear. Okay. But yeah, uh, wherever you're comfortable doing it. Um, but yeah, back to the topic. Yeah, you were saying like um, that. Yeah, you know, bringing yourself into an international sort of sphere, spectrum kind of takes a certain like. Uh, it takes a few phases before you should get there, right? Because if you jump straight into international as well, it, like you said, it makes us lose touch with what's actually happening around us. And in the end, that is the people that we need to sort of work with, you know? In the end, like, man, like, yeah, sure, your, your ideas of watching movies from America or whatever foreign country there is, you know, it's great, you know, you learn a lot about culture, but man, in the end, you still like, whatever you learn from there to bring it back, because in the end, the people that surround you is like Malaysians <laughs> and the local people, you know, so I guess, yeah, I personally can relate to that, right, and because I, I spent most of my, my sort of young years like in government school in like oh but i sort of dreaded it man at the start because obviously there needs to be a, a balance like that right? yeah and just satu benda je memang like just tiring boy so i guess i understand where the youth is coming from but i guess the international sphere is always accessible especially nowadays so i think it's very crucial at this point to sort of balance it out because I think it's because the access is so easy to this international sphere and the international sphere usually provides much better content. True. Much better, better you know. So they're, they're most probably just like gonna forget about their local uh, people, you know, that might even trickle down to them even forgetting about their family or like looking down upon their family just because their parents didn't have that luxury and so on and so forth. But yeah, um, I guess um, going back into your sort of uh, motivations, right? And uh, I personally know you and I think it'd be great to sort of, um, you know, help uh, our listeners understand a little bit more but um, one thing I really like about you is how you're sort of able to, how to say, you, even though you go into the international spectrum, but there's a certain niche that you focus on. And like, why is that? Like, I mean, like, you know, for example, we talk a lot about society in general and like, you know, the phases that we're going through as a collective and also individually. So what, what sort of gave you that motivation in the start, you know? Like, why? Why did it pique your interest? Well, it started when... After I went into... Close. 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 Okay. Close yeah. Right. Yeah, you can read, yeah. So, um... I would say that I am a progressive and uh, my motivation came 
basically when after I went into international school mm-hmm. and I brought what I learned back into my neighborhood and to talk with my friends and they simply don't understand it they mm-hmm. don't understand my perspective so I was um, a bit dumbfounded you know because like yeah. the information is there why aren't they consuming that and why can't we have a conversation that is um, really constructive yeah yeah so i start wondering why and i start observing the types of media they consume mm. and um, it really motivates me to actually um, Work harder. Know, work harder and change yeah. change the media that is that yeah. is uh, change what the media is feeding yeah. to the mass population. But in any of this, do you ever feel that you were wrong or maybe you had it sort of like off and you know like they were they they, they were the ones that you should follow. Of course, yeah. there's always that yeah. feeling, you know, when you are different. From your friends, of course you want to mm. be the same so that you would be accepted in the circle. Yeah. So during my young years, it was during my younger years, it was really a challenge, you know, because I need to choose which side I have to um, go with. Yeah. So it it what really. What made you decide that you wanted to go with? You know. Uh, the sort of path that you took? Um, what sort of... I, I guess growing up um, and like learning through my experience really yeah. really uh, shaped my mindset. Uh, mm. I guess like I guess it boils down to also like uh, I think you made the right choice there definitely and uh, like I think that sort of roots because of like just the basic underlying reason of like Following what you believe in, man. Yes. And like following what you love, especially, and how that can reap its own rewards, you know, instead of succumbing to the pressures of the people around you, right? Yes, that is Would very you agree? true. Yeah. Um, I would admit that I am still at an exploring stage, yeah. even though I am already 25 years old, but oh, you're man, never too never, old to learn, yeah, right? It's, <laughs> never ending, too old to learn. <laughs> it's a never-ending process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because for me, like, having... Uh, you think a, you know something, but then, oh no, you don't, bro. <laughs> having the confidence to say that you know the truth only succept- makes your mind susceptible yeah. to confirmation biases. Yeah. And I'm all against confirmation bias because I know that is uh, yeah. the um, the the what the opposite of finding the truth, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the killer of inspiration. Yeah. Because you feel like you already know. Yeah. And it, that that kinda like stops you. So you gotta just an agree, stay humble, you know, especially for the listeners out there. Like I think that's what um this is uh, this message like kind of delivers right it's just like sort of even though you think you're fucking smart even though you sort of like read the books that people haven't read but 
you also gotta stay humble because you don't know. Yeah, you can you learn new things yeah. every day from everyone you meet. You yeah. Know, <laughs> you can't know like the absolute truth. For me that is that is life basically. Yeah man. Quite literally. And I this is one of the reasons why I relate so much to Faris because you know, the humility is a very important part of it all, you know, especially for the Anybody of you that is listening who have a problem with um, sort of a, not to say an ego problem, but also to say an ego problem. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you know, I'm sure everybody struggles with it and I've struggled with it too because like at one point I thought just because I'm, I'm exposed to all these things, like I'm better than some people, but no, life sometimes punches you back in the face and says like, hey, you know, all that smart. Yeah, you, you yeah. have lots more to learn, yeah, actually. Exactly. Yeah. Especially in those early days, you know. <laughs> and, like, yeah. I guess um, that really, like, that's a super, super fucking great start to towards this podcast, right? Bringing a lot of value to our listeners. And um, I, think, I think that's what it's essentially about, right? I think this is what Jowska is, and... I mean, yeah, here we're here to discuss certain things, personal things, but I think we're also here to create a platform for other people to grow from, from brands to grow, grow from. So, you know, that's a signal for other sponsors. If you guys want to help in, you know, um, platforms everywhere. You can just, but yeah, anyways, um, that's, yeah. Other than that, man, like, um, I mean, let's get down to some, like, personal sort of um, interests and like personal like uh, not to say personal but specific interests like was there any movie or any person that sort of came into your life that provided you with more of um, what you are you know like whether it's your parents your uh, books or idols that you look up to um alright um so my the person the people who shape how i think um are different throughout uh, the ages you know when i was young um, my eldest brother is one of my inspirations because he was a conspiracy hit basically mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god yeah i didn't know that yeah so my brother is exactly the same thing and he was the person that told me like you know, Obama worship the devil, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I watch yeah. things like the arrivals. Yeah, you know, oh my god, the arrivals. That yeah. Yeah. Stuff, right? yeah, yeah, that I think set a tone, but I think that was a bit of an unhealthy tone. Yeah, to it was degree. unhealthy. Yeah. But then I progressed into Radiohead because ah. Radiohead, um, like, um, what, uh, um, portrays that kind of idea, basically anti-capitalism, anti-establishment, mm. how the industry um, f's up, f's up the artists, basically. Yeah. Um, then the society. In general. Yeah, yeah, about society in general. Then after Radiohead, I started um, really um, look into the realities of the world. Mm. So I started reading stuff from Orwell, from Huxley to understand mm. social control and stuff and just to relate it 
um, to what's happening to the world. Yeah, so yeah. I started basically reading news <laughs> yeah, and yeah. understanding the reality of what's happening. More and more yeah. about like where we started from. Yeah. 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 Probably from your brother and all that stuff. It just grew, grew, grew. Ooh, yeah. And would you say you intentionally guided yourself towards that or was it a sort of a path that was um, sort of, um, how to say, um, yeah, it was just placed upon you or did you consciously like, hey, like, you know, like, um, this is the path that I want to take or did certain environments like sort of like push you towards it? I would say it would. It was the environment. It was the environment. It was okay. the environment. I started to really know my path when I was 24, mm. 25. But before that, what shaped me into what I am now is basically the environment and the things that I am exposed to. Sorry, just took a puff from the cigarette. Of the e-cigarette. I stopped smoking, guys. Just so you guys know. <laughs> I'm trying to. I think I've succeeded quite well. Maybe I've come back to being a social smoker. But anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, like, sometimes there's, like, a bigger benevolent force, right, that sort of, like, has helped us, or especially me, I feel, like, personally. I feel so thankful that, you know, there was two paths it could have gone, right? Like, it could have gone, like, okay, full-on anti-establishment. And, like, you know, that can be a bit extreme and a bit dangerous. Yes. And, like, I've been very fortunate to be guided by, you know, so people. many different people. Yeah, so people many around us. Yeah, environments, yeah. yeah. And, like, um, I don't know, shout out to God as well, man. <laughs> For even, like, allowing us to sort of... Um, Explore the, explore it from a very neutral perspective, right? Yeah. One, yeah. Speaking on the tangent of God, I mean, like this is just a personal thing, but I mean, what is your sort of belief on the higher power? I know you're a Muslim, and like, but even though we classify ourselves as Muslims, but we obviously have our personal like sort of. Um, you know, um, ideas of God and our certain doubts and all that stuff. What would you say is yours? Um, okay. Talking about God and religion yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, we're, we should be treading on eggshells here, but I think we should be fine. Okay. Um, my personal belief, I believe in fate, mm. that uh, what God said. So I'm very grateful to God for um, entangling my feet with certain people, mm. such as you, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we are here yeah. tonight talking about this. Yeah. But I am also um, a bit wary of organized religion because mm. for me, religion is very personal. and. Yeah. Just like Islam says, you know, you cannot force religion on people. It's written in the Quran, and I know that for a fact. The Ustads and Ulamas, previously before this, have even told me that. So, I guess I understand where your worry comes from, you know. It's like, um, 
Sometimes you can't trust the some the, imams. Yeah, the people yeah. who claim that they are talking for uh, for God, basically. Yeah, <laughs> they're just people. Yeah, they're, they're just people. people. Yeah, yeah. how, how can like, they know for sure that God's word yeah. comes through them, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I guess that I understand a bit of the distrust that we have among like society, and I guess that's why like I I really firmly believe that. The relationship that you have to God is personal, and I don't think we can judge anyone, whether they're Christian, whether they're Jews, or whether they're uh, Buddhists or anything like that. You know, because like, who knows? Maybe they are right. I'm not. I believe in my own beliefs. I know that Islam is the path that I should go through, but I cannot be confident enough to say, "Hey." You in another religion, you're wrong. Yeah. Maybe their religion is just defined differently, but they're talking about the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Because when it all boils down, you go to heaven because of Tuhan rahmat. Basically, mm. it's God's will. God will determine whether you go to heaven or hell. Yeah. So to see. A person from another religion is wrong. Yeah. They're going to hell. Yeah, is very shallow. <laughs> exactly, and yeah. to even I don't know, to even classify them as kafir, that kaf- the word kafir is a very broad term. Kafir just means the non-believers. Yeah, and I think like if you do have a certain sort of belief to a higher power, and but this is just my personal belief, guys. Okay, I'm not trying to offend anyone or trying to dis disprove anyone's belief about what Islam is and like what their belief of Islam is. But I think as a Muslim, I encourage other Muslims to begin thinking of the word kafir and to begin like um, thinking of um, you know what it means and how broad that term is because. Um, the word kafir is just means the disbelievers. And I really think personally, if you just don't believe in the idea of God or the idea that something bigger than you sets the tone of your life is kafir, you know man. But man, if you're a, a Buddhist or a Hindu you know, but you also you understand that hey, you are smaller than life. You are smaller than the things that control life. Mm-hmm. I think to a certain degree, you are not a kafir in that sense. Yeah. I don't know. It's still. I'm, this is just something I'm discussing for listeners. Please, yeah. please don't get offended. And uh, if you do, I would love to have a, a discussion about it. I might be completely wrong. Maybe I will sin. You know, because of what I'm saying. But again, coming back to the point, my relationship with Allah is personal. It's only He gets to decide whether I'm sitting or not. You know, it's the malaikas around that decide like, whether I'm sitting or not. And if I do sin, then I will pay, right? <laughs> In my opinion, yeah. uh, we, by discussing this, by questioning this, it actually relates to the spirit of Islam because mm-hmm. um, in Surah Luqmanul Hakim it says that you cannot follow blindly 
so by following blindly like you cannot learn about life as god meant for us to learn mm. but yeah that that totally makes sense you know because i don't know like you just mentioned specifics or but i know for a fact that like allah has always told us to question everything you know and i don't think I, I, I don't think that is limited limited in any sense you know you shouldn't put that scope or that microscope under one place you know mm-hmm. like you should begin questioning the, the things that people say to you you know you should also like how to say question to a certain degree what you've read in the Quran and if you are guided by the right paths like I think the questions will be answered in the right way you know because like i don't find myself straying away from helping people i don't find myself straying away from prayers i don't, i mean i'm not perfect i don't pray five times a day but man i know for a fact that that works you know yeah. but at the same time there was a point of me that questioned it there was a point of me that hey does it actually work but I guess that's when trial and error comes in, right? Yeah. See how your life improves from prayer. See how your life doesn't improve from the lack of prayer, right? I think the, the key point yeah. is to always keep your mind open and to learn. Yeah, right? exactly. And Allah always encourages to expand our mind, just like how the universe He provides constantly expands. I don't think your mind should also should be limited to that. Yeah, but yeah, I think yeah, this is. I think we thread on the eggshells quite well here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, I don't know. I could be wrong. Religion is a super sensitive topic. Yeah, and, we we uh, could be wrong. Yeah, and I hope that anyone who views this and yeah. knows that we are wrong, please um, tell us. Yeah, tell, tell us. us your opinion. You know, yeah. but I'm gonna keep questioning you, as well. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, you know, um, other than that, like, um, there are certain things um, that um, I, w- I want to acknowledge about the effects of, uh, the effects of religion onto the society and how it's also used as a political tool. Yeah, yeah and like, um, I don't know, sometimes I feel like certain politicians are I'm not going to name anyone because that will probably get me in a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> uh, I think they just, Mahade just reopened up the ISA in a whole different like um, sort of spectrum. So yeah, not going to name anyone. Um, but um, yeah, using religion as a political tool to sort of drive society to a certain mindset is... I know my personal take is it's it's bad. It's like you're enforcing religion onto someone else, which is again, Muhammad has said this, you know, in the various um, surahs and the various hadiths that go around. You know, like you shouldn't force it. If the person is not ready to accept it, then they can't accept it. You know, but um, what do you think, man? Like using religion as a political instrument 
Well, this is um, using religion as a political instrument has been the uh, the way that the government control people since since the dawn of time, basically mm. since Babylonian era. That's true. You because can, I guess if you manage to tap into that person's belief of what reality and existence sprouts from or like their belief in God, you're able to get them to do anything. Yep. Yeah. The most um, nasty example I can think of is um, during the Dark Ages in Europe, mm. how the churches use people to get money, yeah, yeah, yeah. Use people to basically listen to the kings, even though the kings are very brutal. Yeah, they kill, yeah. they take brides before rape. Yeah, they <laughs> rape the brides before marriage day because in the name of religion, because yeah. uh, you know the kings have absolute power and how you can't go against the king. All yeah. in the name of religion. It's really taking advantage of God's work, you yeah. Know, and like I think those are the people that we should classify as kafirs. Yeah. You know, the people who pretend to be religious entities but in the end serve the true purpose of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't say personally they serve Satan. Yeah, but yeah, they yeah. are serving themselves for sure. Yeah, right? Exactly. One thing for sure is yeah. they're not serving God. Right? Yeah, they're not serving God. <laughs> uh, but yeah. You know, it's um, it is um, truly, truly, truly um, something to ponder. And I guess the reason why I brought all of this up is because I, I urge all of you to realize these things. You know, to sort of um, bring bring this into play when you make certain decisions or certain um, when you create certain emotions regarding politics, regarding certain religions, especially when the tension is going very strong in Malaysia right now with what's happening with um, the introduction of Jawi. What what was the word they used? What is it called? Uh, Hat. The Jawi calligraphy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's called Hat. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's what they're pushing into. And like, I mean, like, it's created a lot of... um, racial divide, you know, amongst, amongst societies and uh, amongst the different elements of our society, you know. And yeah, it's, it's evident through um, sort of, uh, you know, how the, ch- the, the Chinese are backlashing. Yeah, exactly. And it's very, very worrying, <laughs> you know, knowing that, hey, we're sort of... Um, I thought this was all about a new Malaysia kind of thing and like ever since this uh, new political party has come in and yeah the political the new political party has no right to sort of arrest me for shitting on them yeah but because they encourage a free media right? that's <laughs> exactly. exactly what you say they encourage a free media yeah. so this is free media right here you know I'm like really questioning like hey Please don't use certain um, sensitive topics to push agendas because you're just stirring the pot when it's not really necessary at this point. Like, I get what you're trying to do, you know, introduce, but why didn't this, wasn't this introduced 20 years ago? Yeah. You know, when the same people were in power, um, and like, you know, why wasn't it, why now? 
Can, yeah, can I say something about yeah. that? Uh, for the heart introduction issue, mm. um, I'm not totally against it because you know calligraphy is a form of art. Yeah, and I get it. Yeah, yeah and I'm um, I'm all for artistic appreciation in Malaysia because I I yeah. think that the mass. The I think mass, that's what we grew know, up on to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. artistic oh. appreciation. Yeah, but. Um, oh my god, I forgot what I was going to see. Yeah, your appreciation of calligraphy. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, the appreciation, why, appreciation of calligraphy. Why you think it's... Uh, yeah, but um, the introduction of heart is the last thing we need in the reform of our education yeah. system. I <laughs> think it's the last... Yeah, yeah we need exactly, a lot more man. things. To like really revamp our education yeah. system, but why? Why hard? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. I, I really feel like this new government is trying to stir a pot that they don't even realize that they're stirring, or maybe they do. Who knows? You know. But um, yeah, like it's so it begs it begs the 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 you know the question like what is going on actually? There's a lot more other things that we can revamp classes still remain the same as it was during independence day exactly. it's a desk a wooden chair and a whiteboard no okay the only thing that has changed it changed from a chalkboard to a whiteboard like what the fuck like come on man like there are other things like you know students are uh stimulated especially now the new generation are stimulated by more things, you know, they need to, they need more things to capture their attention. Do you and know Vietnam has mm. introduced coding classes to primary school kids? <laughs> That's basic, right? Yeah. That's basic. Dude, I can remember the IT classes that I used to go to when I was in government school. Mm. And even when I was in international school taking government syllabuses. I took IT both in government's uh, stream and the international stream, and it was totally different, bro. Yeah, totally different, man. Like what we learned in um, in um, the sort of government one was super basic. We were it's learning about Windows ninety five or something <laughs> like that, ninety eight, two thousand, and most like XP la, and most. Uh, not even okay la, Vista. Even though there was like Windows Seven and all that stuff, but man, like it was. And then when I jump into the international stream, it they taught you how to build websites. Whoa. They taught you how to sort of use your mind to you know actual things, and it really shows. Actually create something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, use your skills to um, you know be a part of this new technological movement. You know, and. Uh, yeah, like, just little things like that. Just coding should have been the basic thing that we should have introduced before HUD. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> what's going on there? So, I don't know. Like, um, again, I'm just bringing up these concerns. We're bringing up these concerns, again, to stimulate conversation, to stimulate discussion. Again, we might be wrong, but um, if you do feel like we're right, please bring it up to your local MPs. You know, um, the use of Malaysia, I think this is one of the most important things that we should bring up to our youth minister, Sai Sadiq. And yeah, you know, instead, 
I mean, Gojek is a great initiative, but not a priority of the youth right now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, go ahead, do Gojek. I think Gojek will do a great amount of work for uh, society. And what do you think about that? Do you, do you have any thoughts on what's happening with the Gojek? Well, um, kudos to Syed Saddiq for um, yeah. going through with that motion. Yeah. But, you know, in essence, that is not, in my opinion, yeah. that is not the Ministry of Youth um, what, responsibility. Yeah, so that, that is actually the Ministry of Transport's yeah. responsibility. But, you know, I uh, guess, yeah. Said Sadiq shows that he could do work he, in a very fast pace. Yeah. And yeah, once again, kudos yeah, to him. I guess, yeah, big kudos to that because yeah. I guess he's looking forward. He's not going to be youth minister forever. You know, so he's trying to show from an early standpoint that, hey, he can cover topics that are beyond his sort of department. And I, I sincerely applaud it that. You know, that he's stepping outside of what he's doing and also providing for what he's doing, you know, to a certain... It's not like he's neglecting his department to a certain degree. But, I mean, I agree with you on the sense that um, Gojek is not the main priority of the government right now because um, I just found out even yesterday, Bunkos 8. I don't know if you know the app. I haven't heard of it. But it's basically Gojek. Oh. It's basically Gojek, just without maybe just less less infrastructure. But we already have a homegrown company that is um, doing the exact same thing. And Bunko said, man, like, you can get anything, bro. It was like, yesterday my friend was using it and it's like 4 or 5 a.m. and he just posts out a job. And like, um, yeah, you know, a person just responds and it's like, okay, what do you need? Oh, we get you food they can get you like medical supplies they can get you all these kind of stuff which is essentially gojek no, isn't, isn't gojek um is like grab for motorcycles mm, it's more than that it's that is one that. of the services but so, what they can do is essentially is they can provide anything for you through motorcycles and so on and so forth i mean i understand yeah he's he's bringing up the concerns of uh motorcyclists and how they they can find jobs you know instead of relying on food panda and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. but um there's already a homegrown company here and uh, why why i'm just questioning why are you bringing um you know a company that we will in the end throw our money that will turn into rupiah and that will help an economy that has nothing to do with us. Not to say nothing to do with us, but yeah, the Indonesian government will win more over there. And I think it's, um, I don't know the specifics, but it looks kind of shady to me. It just looks kind of shady. I feel like maybe on the back end, he's getting some sort of um, Gojek even probably approached him. I don't know, I could be wrong. <laughs> so say sorry if you're out there listening. Like, please uh, answer my questions regarding this. Why Gojek? You know, why not develop uh, a Malaysian app? God damn it, I can do it one for you, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm studying technopreneurship right now and we can sit down and I can establish certain ideas on how we can, you know, grow this. But um, again, I'm not trying to sell myself. 
but my point is that there are many solutions to grow the actual youth of this country not even the youth the people that you're trying to help which is uh, the motorcyclists and all this stuff why not just create a government-based gojek you know i think services and commodities like this should be government-run because um Malaysia tends to do this thing where we try to keep up. We're like, oh, sh oh, Indonesia is doing Gojek. We should bring Gojek. Oh, America is doing Uber. We should bring in Uber. True, but like, we but don't actually have our own innovation. Yeah. That, uh, why not? Why not throw some money in and like help uh, develop certain companies within Malaysia who are doing the the exact same thing. Uh, yeah, make it better. And, you know, in fact, you'll, you'll stand to earn a lot more money. Don't you agree? Because, like, it's self-developed in the long run. Like, hey, yeah. it's going to be so much better. But, yeah, I don't know. If you have any personal thoughts on that, you can continue to share. What do you think? Do you think we should, like, sort of um, invest in other companies trying to come in here? Or do you think we should invest in empowering the people that we have already i am all for local entrepreneurship mm. because but, you, but that begs the question right mm. are we ready as a society <laughs> do you think we'll put in the work uh, <laughs> i cannot answer that yeah. i cannot answer that but from i, I think from my own perspective yeah. uh, from the people i see uh, from the people I follow on social media, um, people my age, there's a lot of very committed businessmen, mm. very committed entrepreneurs, but they do not seem to have the platform or the proper funding yeah. to actually start to execute uh, yeah. to execute their yeah. ideas. So what happens is they well, just start yeah. and their company don't grow because they cannot grow. Yeah. And they just venture into another thing. So yeah. that idea just dies like that. So I it's guess very that, saddening. I guess that it's very condescending, exactly. And it's <laughs> like there's this certain mentality that goes on and you see it across various various industries whether it's from sports to music where Malaysians tend to look down on themselves Malaysians tend to shit on each other like hey you're not going enough until they go international for example Yuna for example Nicole David I mean like I don't know exactly because the squash scene is still very young and I personally played squash and I grew but Nicole David had to leave the country to become the person that she was. She needed to train in Amsterdam to get the respect because then the, the Malaysian people were like, oh, she, she's training in Amsterdam. Kung Fu power, do. You know, there's a lot of cases of um, researchers uh, like R&D from Malaysia that cannot push their products um, through local channels. So they had to sell their... Uh, research to international countries and patent it there so those countries can um, export their products into Malaysia mm. to for them to get the money from their products yeah. because Malaysians do not trust 
what at the Malaysians yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I think that stigma needs to be removed, man. Yeah. Like, to a certain degree, we need to begin trusting each other as a society. And that's why we're lacking. And that's, I think, why people can't execute. Because every time they want to do something, they are not going to put you, know? They are not going to put you, you know, monkey. Yeah. Like, what the hell, dude? Like, a monkey is a chance. If he fails, then he deserves the shit that comes through. Uh, yeah. Before that, like, I don't think you have any reason to sort of doubt the person, you know? Yeah, if you don't have, like, something nice to say, if you don't like their work, give constructive criticisms. Yeah. Don't just... Not Perli, just, jangan, yeah. Don't just bring them down. Yeah, don't like demotivate them. them. Yeah, don't demotivate them. I mean, yeah, that's something that, you know, again, covers a lot of different industries. Even, I think that's even why... Our movies are like super how to say limited. I mean they've been getting very good but we we sort of keep on shitting on it and um, eventually people realize that that is the trend. Malaysians love to shit on people so they keep making shitty movies. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like a trap that we keep on putting ourselves each other in. Yeah, it's like a never-ending loop because yeah. when you try to make a quality movie and people don't like it, they will tend to go back to the uh, normal template exactly. of movie making to get more because, money. Yeah, because they're scared. Yeah. yeah, they don't want to be shut on. But then if you want to expand uh, the Malaysian appreciation of good movies, you need to make like... Um, movies risk. that is out of the box but then it's not appreciated so it goes back to the template yeah. so it's like exactly it, man. it doesn't expand our our, our growth yeah, yeah our growth yeah, yeah. It's just it doesn't encourage repetitive, growth repetitive and yeah that's why you keep seeing the same traumas yeah. talking about the same things because people are afraid you know and like yeah exactly man like I think the whole country has a huge anxiety problem. A huge anxiety problem that needs to begin to be addressed because mental health is very important, man. Yeah, but also, uh, mental health is a, t- a taboo among our society. Yeah, that so it is, is still very yeah, taboo, right? I guess, taboo. yeah, I guess we're expecting too much again because we're basing this on uh, like an international spectrum, right? We're basing it on like other countries and especially the western countries right but um i i mean i understand why we're still anxious because um what we're still very young how many years are we as a society 50 years 50 plus years 60 oh yeah yeah 60 from already 60 yeah Yeah. america has been like a 200 plus year old country that's why no actually they've been global superpower for well over 700 years (laughs) yeah it's like yeah i guess yeah this just takes some time but i guess conversations like this stimulate that growth even faster honestly like um we've been shitting on malaysia but here's the part where i really am proud of this country is that Dude, we're, we've been able to catch up quite fast. You know, even though we're young as a society, we're, we've been able to catch up quite fast. And maybe that has to do with the internet. Uh, maybe that has to do with the, the 
the little people that actually have love for this country, that actually have motivations, creativity to make it better. And I guess like that really dives us into sort of the creative sphere. That's a great segue into the creative sphere of Malaysia. And um, where do you think we are in terms of uh, sort of the creative climate and uh, what, what, where and what do you think, especially you as a person who plays music in a band and who's been seeing the growth of local bands, mm -hmm. you know, who, who's been on the front line pretty much over the past few years. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think is happening right now on a creative scale? Um, in the uh, local band scene, in the indie scene, mm. basically, um, the the growth is there. Um, people in the independent scene has been exploring like multiple genres, uh, has been exploring like very uh, fine ways of playing music, but then there is still the problem. Of public acceptance mm. that is something that I really want to change one of my motivation is to change public acceptance towards different types of music but mm. I still do not know how yeah 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 there's <laughs> yeah. still a very um, hard thing to bridge right yeah. like um, yeah I guess like on that tangent like I think my personal perspective of where it is and I've sort of been on the front lines to a certain degree is that like, um, yeah, it's still a bit iffy, you know, and we don't know where and how we're going to like sort of push the, the, the creative sphere forward, you know, and get people to accept it more. But I think it starts with trial and error, right? And yeah. I think at this point in, in time, especially in the music sphere, especially kudos to the music sphere like they're like a quite a tight-knit family to yeah. a certain degree they're independent we're all pushing for the same agenda and we're helping each other one by one that's one of the spheres where i see that people don't shit on each other for especially if you're an artist working with another artist it's like yo go man do it do it do it okay you fail but hey pick yourself up let's go again another song another album you know, and I think that's one of the most, one of the best spheres of our society that I have entered, you know, in the last few years. Yeah, there is a sense of brotherhood. Yeah, there is a sense of brotherhood, sisterhood, and yeah. like a sense of belonging, you know. No matter how tough it gets, no matter how much money you, you miss out on, you know, it's like, it's so pure still, and it's like, ah, uh, it's one of the most liberating feelings, so. I guess from there we can like the listeners can I guess like sort of take that as like a hey let's push the creative sphere you know whether it's video whether it's music whether it's um, graphic design and all these kind of stuff because I think we're in a, in a place of turmoil don't you think like not to say turmoil like catastrophe but there are certain like um, unanswered questions and that's where art prevails yeah what, what do you think of that in fact like i want you to share your your thoughts on that a bit while i'll, 
I'll go to the bathroom. I actually need to use the loop. <laughs> okay, just share it with the listeners. Enjoy yourself. All right, man. All right. Um, I would say that art is basically a slice of life. To understand art is to understand uh, parts of life. And um, like the creative sphere, um, okay, creativity it means to create something, and to create something is um, basically a very, a very noble aim, you know, because um, we cannot live our life just following and just consuming stuff that other people create and um, not not making an impact to the world no matter how small the impact is it is still it still matters because um, the essence of being human is to pass information to the next generation and the creative sphere really does this through their creations because the next generation can learn from it and can create more things to capture the essence of life thus encouraging growth as a society you know growth is what it means to live to live and not to grow you know you better be dead because like you know the time when you're not growing is when you're in the ground (laughs) (laughs) I captured a bit of that last bit that's pretty deep (laughs) (laughs) the only time where you don't grow is when you're in the ground (laughs) even no plants grow from ground (laughs) but we eat plants bro (laughs) (laughs) so yeah okay that's Oh, that was a great one, man. Like, that was a great coming into this topic. Yeah, coming into this podcast, that was brilliant. I think we got a solid one hour there. You know, a lot of people can learn from that, and that's essentially what this is about. So, with that being said, uh, let's take a break for a bit and cut into the sponsors again. So, yeah, um, this is not really a sponsor per se. Um, but yeah, if you want to use the loop, yeah, ahead. yeah. But uh, um, yeah, it's not really a sponsor per se. But um, I just want to shout out again to uh, Lulu Digital. Um, Lulu Digital is a company that is run by my cousin, and yeah, um, yeah. Shout out to them because um, they've. They've really like sort of, I don't know, I've just been watching where they're going with this, um, with their company and since the last time, the last podcast was with Camarina and yeah, an update for all you listeners is that, yeah, they they were were covering KL Fashion Week, um, yeah, throughout the week and I think they finish later uh, tomorrow on Sunday, uh, yeah, kudos to them. I know that was just a, a little shout out to them because I'm p- personally motivated by how they're doing their work and like you know I really find them a 
completely like uh, exciting a company that everybody should be excited for and uh, yeah I thought they did they, they should deserve the recognition that um, yeah that they, they credit to where it's due right and I don't want to hold myself back there not because she's my cousin or anything but I just completely love the dynamic of um, the company and how they work with each other and yeah so Everybody check out Lulu Digital, uh, lulu.digital on Instagram. Um, and I think they have their website too, luludigital.com. Uh, check them out, give them the support because, yeah, I'm vouching for them. You know, um, but yeah, other than that, um, shout out to also Tiny Forest. This is a little, for those of you tuning in on Spotify, you might want to come on to YouTube to check this out. But basically, it's a little terrarium that I just got from a friend of mine who's a manager over there. And Tiny Forest is actually, a, you can go there to learn and take classes on how to build your own terrarium. The details are right there for you guys on video, for you guys on audio. You can check them out on their Instagram, which is Tiny Forest SJ. Tiny Forest is actually owned by our uh, very favorite, Yuna. So, yeah, if you guys are big fans, support Yuna through her businesses. Uh, yeah, um, but let's get back to the show. Enough with the sponsors and uh, shout outs. So, Faris came along to uh, actually told me about a week ago about a few things that he wants to cover on the podcast which I found super interesting and I think we're going to get into that in quite a bit so let's uh let's begin that but before I do let me just uh, the computer is um low battery I'm just going to plug in the plugs uh yeah just hold on for a bit and yeah we'll get back to it All right, and we're back to Jowska, everybody. So Jowska is a show covering everything and all things human. Uh, yeah, um, we, we cover these topics with people from various backgrounds, various industries, various social constructs, you know, many, many different aspects of uh, what makes a person and what makes their opinion. And we want to hear all of that and try to find some value from it for you guys listening and even for ourselves personally over here. But uh, yes, let's get back into it. So, Faris. Yes, sir. There's a lot of interesting topics that you brought into the light. And I can't wait to get to that. Right. It's, it's just the things that I yeah. can't stop. Thinking about basically. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, man. You're really adamant on, on talking about this. You know, you just sent the, the paper in a week early, which I'm super appreciative of. I love the enthusiasm, man. Really appreciate it. But yeah, let's kick it off, man. Like, so I understand that you want to sort of uh, talk about like what it means to be woke. And yeah. What do you mean by that? By that question, where did it all root from? Um, being woke, okay, you know, (laughs) 
Walk I've is always hated that term. Yeah, walk is a relatively new term, right? Yeah. I think it was popularized by Childish Gambino from Redbone. Really? Uh, I don't know. After that song comes know. out, like everybody starts using woke, woke. When, which part of the song does he say? say Stay woke. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Stay but, woke. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, bro. I don't know if you. I don't know if I don't know. I might get the timelines a bit mixed up here, but. I think it was a bit before that. Before I think that it came it. from this Twitter keyboard warriors, social justice warriors. Yeah, social justice warriors is another fucking word I hate. <laughs> it's like, how fucking pretentious can you get? Yeah, they're, they're so... Yeah. They're so um, confident of what they know of. Yeah. It's kind of irritating. You yeah, know? I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> it just goes back to the whole thing of like... You know what we were talking about earlier in the podcast, like, hey, like, you know, what gives you the sort of audacity to think that you know it all, you know, to even call yourself woke, like, where is the level of intellect that you get to, to fucking call yourself awake, yeah. you know, you might still be sleeping, bro, you might just be dreaming <laughs> yeah. of your wokeness, you know, <laughs> exactly. Inception has just fucking told us exactly that, <laughs> you know, you might be awake in another dream. <laughs> Another fantasy, but yeah, what are your thoughts on it? Like, so I start basically um, analyzing what it is to be awake in this point of time. So um, this is all based on my personal opinion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to be woke is firstly to be aware of yourself, to be aware of your own thought process. Uh, then. Um, it is to be aware of your surroundings as well. Um, you have to know of the system you're living in. You have to know what you can do to contribute to the current system that is um, that we are all living in. Because you know it's too late to change the gears that move the world. So why not? We be aware and we change what we can. So I would like to talk about firstly about the awareness of self. Mm. Okay. I think that um, the people I surround myself with, um, I would narrow it down to Nick. Lah. Basically, Nick is a very self-aware person because he knows his own thought process so by knowing your thought process you can relate it to other people you know by knowing yourself you know other people mm. because humankind are basically similar in a way yeah, yeah. Know? I mean don't get me wrong I fucking love what you just said about me that, that really just puts me on a sort of a high <laughs> to a certain degree but um, again like I guess this backs up your point as well like even though you just said that like you know I'm always constantly learning about my thought processes I'm yeah. always constantly learning and it's always changing I'm always unlearning I'm always relearning certain things and it's like I guess that is what 
woke should be about. Yeah. You know, it, but you still shouldn't have the audacity to call yourself woke because the split second after you just call yourself woke, you might be asleep again. Exactly. You know, it's like, it's like, I mean, yeah, I'm flattered to of what you said about me and like, you know, but it's a constant, constant change. And it's like, a learning process. Like yeah. we said before, to learn is to be human. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah, I guess this is more towards the people who define themselves or, woke or see themselves as woke and you shouldn't lie to yourself when you fucking think you're better than everyone, you know? Like, if you do think you're better than everyone, then think so lah. You know, but you have the balls to even, like, say it, you know, the fact that you call yourself woke. But, man, I'm calling you out on your shit that if you do have the audacity to fucking say that, then you're not woke at all. Yeah. Yeah. That is why um, awareness of self is only the first step of Mm. being woke. But then you have to be aware of your surroundings as well. Yes. By being aware... Yeah. Yeah? You you know that. Um, by being aware of your surrounding, you can um, develop sort of adaptability. So by being adaptive, you can um, yeah, you know, navigate through the system with um, with proper knowledge, yeah. and you won't get lost. In your own bullshit, basically. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You yeah. need to always... There's a fine line, love. I understand confidence. I understand knowing yourself. And I sort of... Um, but there, it's like flying a kite, man. Like, sometimes you got to let it go so that it doesn't pull too hard against the wind so that it floats. But then, then again, you don't want it to float too far. So you pull it again, and you just play with that sort of momentum. Let go, pull, let go, pull. Yeah. You gotta find that balance, and I mean, like, I mean, yeah, the people that sometimes say that they're woke or call themselves a part of a woke culture is, um, they're just exaggerating certain things. Yeah. But you have to understand that what they, that sort of impression provides onto other people. And that's what you mean about awareness, right? Yeah. We have yeah. to know that there are things that is bigger than us. Yeah. To have the audacity to say it in front of someone else. I know you, most of you motherfuckers only say it on social media because you don't have the balls to say it in person. Because you know you're going to get shit down with the next person, the person that's listening to you. But, um, you know, it still creates an effect. It still creates this part of your image and... You don't really want that because it disallows you from new opportunities, from people to even talk to you. So it allows you to even, it stops you from becoming even more woke. You know, it really does. And like, it uh, stops your learning process. Yeah, it immediately kills <laughs> yeah. it. it. It's like to say that, hey, I graduated, you know, time to receive all the blessings in life. But it doesn't work that way. You know, it's like even people who have finished their PhDs, man, don't don't fucking say that they fully understand the universe or fully understand the constructs of society and what people go through. Yeah. Uh, then I would um, 
um, I would say that uh, the awareness of surroundings um, there is I've read about this positive and negative liberty mm. so positive liberty means means that um, you are free to do whatever in the confines of external factors such as the law and mm. um, for me myself I believe more in a negative liberty where you are free to do whatever you want um, without the confines of external factors but also without intruding on another person's liberty that yeah. is negative liberty mm. and to be aware of your surroundings you should should take that as a lesson yeah. and you know how people interact with each other how people um, uh, adjust their their character based on the people that is currently surrounding them that is called the porcupine dilemma or the porcupine complex mm. it is called that because um, the analogy is um, you know North American porcupines they tend to stick close to each other during winter times to so that they could they can provide heat to each other but they don't go so close that their um, spines or what pricks what do you call that that those spines are those sharp things do not um, poke to the nearest uh, porcupine, you know, they stay close, but not so close that they could hurt each other, mm. you know? Mm. That's an interesting metaphor. I really enjoy that. But um, yeah, I guess like, what, what we can sort of um, take from that is like, how, how like, um, what do you say? How the system that we live in provides for that, right? So, or deviates you to sort of grow in that manner. How, I don't know, like this is something that has been trickling down. And how do you think, you know, the, the system that we live in actually affects that? Um, how, how does it create that sort of thing? Um, okay. So, um, the point is to be aware of the surroundings, right? Yeah. So, um, if you're not aware of the surroundings, you just end up poking everyone and you won't, you won't contribute anything to society, yeah. basically. Right? Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, my question is, like, the system that we live in, how does it, like, uh, catalyze it? Like, how do we... Like how do we change that basically like how can what what can we do to sort of um sorry that might have been a bit unclear but uh, what what do we do to sort of um help this sort of situation like what can we do mm, to be aware of ourselves and our surrounding would really um Really yeah, that's a very, yeah, that's a very personal kind of thing, but what can we do as a collective? 
it would providing really... certain environments like um, initiatives. Uh, so by um, being aware of all this, we can navigate ourselves through the current system that mm -hmm. we live in, because the current system is uh, it is but a capitalist yeah. system, right? Mm -hmm. So. Um, to say that we want to change the current system is very idealistic and uh, from my point of view it's very unrealistic mm. so what we can do is to navigate uh, through the system that is already built uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. I get what you mean I guess like it's a very iffy like sort of subject and like Again, like, we're not here to, not to say we're not here to discuss the hows, but um, I guess bringing awareness to it, like, like you said, bringing awareness to the issue, it's already a, a stepping stone, and I guess we can leave it to people who are smarter than us to find actual solutions towards this, right? But yeah, um, anything else you want to add on to that, though? I strongly... Uh, at one point of my life, I strongly believe in the anarchist ideology in mm. which they say that we can be self-sustaining without a proper form of government that tells us what to do. Mm. But I do not think that our current society is ready yep. for an anarchistic state. But I think we can. Um... We just have to re-educate because when it comes down to the education system to a certain degree, yeah. right? Everything needs to be revamped. Everything needs to be refixed, you know. And I think like things like the what was it, the Jawi sort of scriptures <laughs> like prevent that. <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. it's it doesn't provide a solution at all. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah. Literally, uh, yeah. yeah. It quite literally starts from educating because there are new new schools of thought. Yeah. There are new ways to like sort of do this and I think again it all begins from education and um, I think like that's one of the first sort of uh, steps, right, that we need to take to to yeah. sort of um, change the system that we live in and yeah. you know, to start uh, stimulating new ideas and new ways of life. Yeah, I would like to add something. Yeah that um, the mass population do not have an awareness of self and surrounding is also due to the system that we are currently living in which is a capitalist system mm. which encourages competition uh, thus encourages people to gain more money mm. So by um, by putting money as uh, what an aim, yeah. people. I mean, um, the education system is built on building workers, yeah. building uh, consumers. Mm. So mm. Um, the. That's a very realistic approach to the argument because I've actually quite literally, quite literally had this argument a couple of days back uh, with, a with a friend of mine and uh, we talked about capitalism. 
capitalism and how you know um, its effects on society and yes I agree that uh, capitalism definitely has some like sort of a negative impacts that comes around it but the argument that I made with my friend was that capitalism is already here to a certain degree capitalism is necessary yes capitalism has it's entrenched has, in yeah, necessary. capitalism has also the benefits of it is also taught us how to organize yeah it's taught us how to sort of grow you know but I think you brought a very you know realistic argument to the table that like you know through education and through teaching to through revamping all of that but again don't you think that's a bit idealistic I yeah yeah I to, do to think like even to look at it man people are always going to use education as an instrument to control people and I think one of the reasons why they don't upgrade our our you know sort of um, education system is because they want to keep people dumbed down so it's like it begs the question then like how do we do it in a realistic manner where it's not about ideologies anymore and it's about realistic ideas and realistic actions how can we convince the people in power that hey stop dumbing down these people I know it makes you a lot of money which is very tempting so how <laughs> like we can't say hey bro cut down your profits bro just because you know what do you think like how do you think we will overcome that sort of problem it is uh, a slow process I would admit do you think legislation is a very important step in that yeah mm. but we can't teach old dogs new tricks mm. we cannot change and yeah, time will do its thing. Yeah. Yes, time will do its thing. And Inshallah. No. I am very um, glad to do this podcast because maybe one of t- one or two of you who are listening would, <coughs> you know, one day bring about that change. Mm. You know, in the end, we just need more woke people yeah, actual woke yeah, people, actual woke people. Not social justice warrior <laughs> yeah <laughs> just trying to create chaos and turmoil within society and don't want to lose an argument just because they're wrong <laughs> creating divides right yeah mm. that's, a, that's a super interesting take uh, I mean like when I had this conversation I, I, I told that person like you know, we actually quite had a, quite a heated argument about how, you know, um, I, idealism and uh, realism, you know, needs to fall into play when coming and dealing with these sort of factors and dealing with capitalism. And but I think you brought a very interesting and, or at least your approach to it was much more, sort of uh, realistic. Uh, yeah, I guess. The, the story is still yet to unfold, right, in that arena. Uh, but yeah, for, for all of you listening, please drop in your ideas on, like, um, what's happening. Uh, I'll be also, I told that person <laughs> that, uh, that uh, yeah, you guys on the podcast have heard it before. I've had it on two episodes of Tyre. 
Um, yeah, we had a, not to say heated, it was just a very intense debate. We're still fucking friends, you know, and that's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah, you know, it's about. just about discussing it, and it's like, you know, but yeah, uh, I'm gonna bring him on, and I think this topic is a very, is a, is a topic that is gonna be spread through many different podcasts going into the future, you know, and it's like, I think it's a discussion that we will be having for good 10 years, even not just us, people around us, you know, and it's still ongoing, like, how do we get rid of this 1% of who are controlling the rest of the 99% to think a certain way? I wouldn't say capitalism is, like, all that bad, you know, if you, if you focus, if the 1% focus on welfare, focus on global growth, um, like mm. uh, giving, giving like the things they have in excess yeah. to the people who really need it. Yeah. If all of them do that, but that's yeah, like you said, it's hard to teach old dogs new tricks. tricks. Yeah, and that's where I feel like it's like super hard. It's a bit unrealistic to go and say like, hey, yo, man, you with all that much of money out there change your ways to start helping people because what they're essentially trying to do is just help their families live, you know, help their kids become in the best positions possible. And isn't that what poor people even are doing? Yeah, it's survival. And it just so happens that they're at the top, you know, and it's like given to any other person based on the current climate of the overall consciousness, like, Ego is always going to fall into play, you know, temptations to make more money because as um, Allah has taught us, the, the material things of dunya is never enough, you know, even though Gandhi says, yeah, there are enough resources in the world to be split and shared, but that is, that is very selfish in the sense that only he has that mindset. <laughs> You know, he has the luxury of thinking that way. Yeah. Many people are just out to survive. Yeah. You know, they're just working day to day to just feed their kids, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, it's a very, it's a very interesting topic, man. To yeah. I, w- I would say that I am uh, privileged in a way that I do not have to think about the roof above my head. I yeah. I don't have to think about the meals yeah. that I have. And that's the people that will be the hardest to convince, you know, even even though they're in poverty, even though they're, you know, in sort of these things, but to get them to also like, hey, change your ways, you know, start thinking about more spiritual, dude, they're in a time of turmoil, they have no time to think about their spirit because they're already having so much trouble trying to keep their physicality alive. You know? So, yeah, man. I'm glad you brought this topic up and it's like um, super interesting and something a lot of people can learn from. It's like... Mm. But yeah, moving on from that, like, um, yeah, I think like uh, capitalism is obviously infused by a lot of um, instruments like you you sort of mentioned to me earlier about how how these instruments of social control are used to again for the fuel the idea of capitalism and for the fuel 
the, the sort of ideas of um, uh, you know uh, acquiring all wealth and just take 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 take. So yeah, like um, what sort of instruments are you talking about that sort of um, create this social control? Mm, the instruments. Mm. Well, um, in our D and H, I would say um, the we can we can look at the instruments through um, two novels, which is uh, nineteen eighty four from George Orwell, mm. where they control people through surveillance and also. Um, making people um, through, I mean, um, channel their emotions towards something that is, um, that supports the government, basically. In 1984, they have this one, uh, one character that is an antagonist where everyone in the country hates him. His name is Emmanuel Goldstein. Mm. So, um, big blue. what? Big Blue, right? Mm, uh, big, big Brother. Ah, Big but Brother. Big Brother is the government. Ah, okay, so okay. Big brother, Japanese, yeah, yeah, the Big Brother is always watching. But the way it, um, that they reduce uh, the uh, hatred towards the government is basically channeling it to hatred towards a common enemy yeah yeah that's how they control the people and they always see there's like a deficit of supply so that people will always work 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 mm. to gain more supplies mm. and another um, example would be the book uh, brave new world by Aldous Huxley where they provide uh, unlimited happiness to the to the population so that they would not think of anything deeper than that. Mm. Um, so um, in we can we can like relate it to our current situation where there is surveillance, there is misinformation, but at the same time they give us a lot of things to consume. Uh, a lot of things to make us happy so that we would not question the ruling class. By not questioning the ruling class, they could keep us under control in their system and they could gain as much wealth as they want as we, the uh, hoi polloi or the plebeians would uh, continue to work and work and work. Yeah. Right. I get what you mean, yeah. I guess um, that really brings like the sort of um, sort of question like, um, you know, of even data, you know, data mining right now and um, how that further shows the prophecies of 1984 and Brave New World, right? And um, I think that's what we're, we're sort of going through to a certain degree. Because, yeah, 
for me personally, like, I think we discussed this before you got here, and it was like, um, yeah, we're not criminals. We have nothing to hide to yeah. a certain degree. But uh, to, to a certain degree, you know, so to a certain degree that helps us when they mine for our data because they in the end provide a much more a great experience, you yeah, know, personalized, in, yeah, experience. personalized experience in this uh, sort of technologically driven world. But um, also, like, um, that begs the question, like, hey, what am I not being shown? You know, recording. Okay, um, sorry about that, guys. Uh, camera on, Faris actually died. <laughs> the battery uh, is taking some time to charge, but we actually just have very little to actually cover. Um, so, yeah, we're focusing on just one camera right now over here, but yeah, that should be you know, as long as we're not missing out or anything. And we can see uh, both of each other from one camera. That'll be perfect to just end the podcast. Um, but yeah, we were on the tangent of data mining. And I was just talking about a bit about data mining and how um, it uh, sort of um, contributes to sort of instruments of social control, which uh, basically feeds into the capitalistic mindset of uh, society. And um, yeah, so yeah, data mining, right? Like um, again, uh, we were. I was just explaining how data mining. Yeah, it it's great for uh, people who aren't criminals and people who don't do anything wrong. But even then, on that spectrum, like um, that data is essentially used to also just showcase you things that you're interested in. But what about, but how far do these things actually know, you know, what you're interested in? You might be interested in a completely opposite fact than what the data has mined about you, you know? And it's like, uh, I think that's one of the elements of social control because, um, yeah, um, data mining essentially shows you what you love and suggests to you over and over again what you love, which uh, in the end creates a sort of, I forgot what the word was, but it is essentially a data bubble, you know, you're essentially trapped in an identity bubble whereby you're just being showcased things that you like and um, that how that information can essentially be used to just feed into your ego as a person and it how creates a divide yeah, between people yeah. of different opinions yeah right? exactly so when it feeds into your ego you're less um, um, you're less uh, exposed to the idea of um, listening to other people's opinions and that can create a you know a never ending warfare between people and I think yeah, you bring up a very good point there in how like 1984 can, or um, you know what what was the other one, the Brave New World, um, how that is very much possible, you know, and how that further infused the capitalistic mindset of feeding back into the one percent, and yeah, yeah, I think like I said, it's a very 
it's a topic that still needs to be discussed over and over again and I hope to have you on this podcast in the future you know the, um, discussing I mean we've gone two hours already on this and I'm sure we're getting both pretty tired it's actually 3.40 a.m. <laughs> over here so we had a long day today but um, hopefully we'll pick this up another time but um, yeah the instruments of social control you know definitely uh, helps into the capitalistic mindset and how that that isn't natural and how that really shows how capitalism can really fuck around with people and how we need to strike a fine balance, you know, and all. Yeah, can I add something? Yeah, just please, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the saturation of information that, the saturation of personalized information that we get uh, through this data mining would uh, essentially make us regress as a society because people would, uh, in essence, cherry pick what they um, receive thus like what you say would create like a bubble yeah. that uh, like traps a person inside that yeah, inhibits, spectrum, yeah. inhibits growth yeah that yeah. inhibits growth and like uh, yeah that is actually a very good point to bring up you know because I've always argued that, hey, we need capitalism, you know, as much as, like, you know, but to a certain degree, capitalism should be fine-tuned, and I think yeah. this is the, I guess, the, the sort of summary to it all. I don't know if you if you agree on that point, but, or people out there agree to that point, but uh, again, this is Jowska. We're here to just share thoughts that uh, linger around in our heads. And, um, yeah, please do, people who are listening, share your thoughts as well that are lingering through your head as um, we're listening to this podcast because creating a community of discussion both helps you guys as the viewers, you guys as the listeners, as the readers, you know. And, um, yeah, so don't be afraid, please. I'd like to be as this community to be as engaging as possible uh, yeah anything you want to final wrap up with anything you would like to plug maybe some things that you're doing that you want people to pay attention to personally some work um no man <laughs> oh yeah if you need a bassist Need a sessionist? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Contact me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we initially wanted to cover a lot of like uh, music um, elements that Faris does, and uh, obviously um, I I'm also in the music sort of sphere, and uh, but I'm very much looking forward to having you again, man, on this podcast on the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Like you know, there's a lot to discuss, and I think. You'll be back for not even just the next episode. <laughs> You'll be probably be back for more. Maybe nah. with more people, we can in, in in induce this conversation with more stimulation. And it's like, yeah, with more people from different backgrounds who share sort of the same ideologies. But man, thank you, that, man. thank you so much, man, for coming. Like seriously, I really appreciate this. I understand there was a bit of hesitation at the start, but yeah. 
I'm glad we pulled through with this, man. Thank you for Hopefully giving me this platform as well. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, it is. Um, we're, we're wrapping up here. Um, so this is Jowska, a show transmitting all the way from Cyberjaya. Uh, yeah, a show discussing everything and anything human. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys can jump on the discussion as well. For those of you tuning on Spotify, Apple Music, sorry, Apple Podcasts, um, wherever it is, um, and whether it's Anchor or YouTube, please, please, please jump on to the comment section and um, yeah, give us your thoughts. All right. Thanks again, Ferris. Thank you. Signing out. And end.